Would you stand with me and let's read from 1 Peter. All of you clothe yourselves with humility forward toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the the power and the freedom and the light that are in your word. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would invade this place and that you would do something special in some people's lives today. I pray that this would impact some people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Okay, today we're going to talk about one of the foundational weapons in, in the arsenal for fighting our battles as Christians. And it's also one of the ones that's, that is the most misunderstood, and there's so much confusion about it, in particular in, in our culture. Humility is a virtue. Okay? Yeah, let, me, let me just say that again, because that's important to know. Humility is a virtue, and it is not... We, we tend to associate humility really as being kind of something not good because we associate it with the words humiliating and humiliation. Uh, and, and those really, I know there's the same root word there, but there's really not a connect uh, in those because those other two things are not virtues. Humility is a, it's, it's a totally different species, okay, uh, when, when we're talking about that. Uh, those other things, humiliating and uh, humiliation, is something that is done to someone to rob them of their, of their value, of their worth, of their humanity. Uh, humiliation is something that we, that we feel because of what circumstances have done to us, because, because of what is going, is going on around us. Um, and the culture that we live in tends to... Um, uh, it tends to, to, as a matter of course, move us in the wrong direction. And it mostly does this because it encourages us to pin our worth, to place our, our values, to make our assessments based on uh, things that have little meaning or, or essentially no meaning whatsoever. And we go, well, now that person is important because, and then when we start listing the because things, all those things are, are really just fluff. Really, basically, nothing. Here's what humility is. Humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance. It's not a modest or low view of one's abilities or of one's self, but it's a modest or low view of one's importance, where I fit in the pecking order of things. Um, Another, another definition is this, the feeling or attitude that you have no special importance that makes you better than others. Lack of pride in oneself. Now, it doesn't mean that you have a low opinion of yourself. It doesn't mean that you have a low opinion of your, of your, um, of your abilities. You know, humility is not a, a beautiful woman looking in the mirror and thinking, oh, how ugly I am. Yeah, that's not what that is at all. That's, that's not even false humility. That's just a lie is what that is. Okay. Um, I have a friend named Hank, and some of you know Hank. And Hank is a, 
Uh, Hank's a terrific guy, and Hank is, is, is brutally honest about things. Uh, in fact, he enjoys being brutally honest about things. And uh, he was telling me, uh, we, we had lunch a, a few weeks ago, and he was talking about he'd gone to see Julius Caesar at Nashville Shakespeare Festival. And uh, there was a guy in it who apparently had played Hamlet last year, and who um, the director of the festival, Denise Hicks, uh, had made the comment that his was the best Hamlet she had ever seen. And she had seen many uh, performances of Hamlet and productions. And Hank said, Ronnie, if I were that actor and Denise Hicks said that about me, I believe I would have to bring that up in every conversation that I have (laughs) within, within the first three minutes. And we would talk about that for the next 10 to 15 minutes. And then I would just zone out because there would be nothing more of interest to, <laughs> to be said after we had talked about this. Uh, and I said, Hank, no, you wouldn't. Because if you were good enough to start getting those kind of roles, you would know by that time that there's a lot of other people out there better than I am. When I was young, when I was um, I, young is a relative term, but uh, you know when I was when I was in my twenties uh, and I was doing a lot of acting, there was a time when I wanted to be the world's greatest actor, and I thought I had a pretty good shot at it, uh, quite frankly. Ha! And uh, now that I'm a little bit older, uh, slightly. I, uh, I realize that, uh, you know, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. Uh, and and even, if I, even if I was, then um, what big deal? It doesn't make me better than anybody else. You know? Hey, I'm, I'm good. Okay, I'm a good actor. There's a bunch of good actors out there. There really are. So it doesn't have anything to do. In fact, I have now been relieved of the burden of having to carry the title of world's greatest actor. That's, that's you know, it's, it's, it's a, lot, a lot lighter. It's a lot easier to walk, a, to walk around that way. You all thought that was funny, did you? Okay. C.S. Lewis says this about humility, and this, this is, if you don't get anything else today, get this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Thinking of yourself less. If we thought of ourselves less, many of our problems would simply vanish. Many of the problems that we have, that we face in life, we've only got them because we're thinking about ourselves too much. Because we're too focused on on me and what's what's going on around me. And and humility just flips that thing on its head. Humility takes it to where I'm not inwardly focused, I'm outwardly focused. And and I know that a lot of people deal with issues about uh, self-worth today and uh, these days. You know, and I, and I see how they deal with it. They deal with it basically by, they go to the world and the world tells them, you know, you've got to tell yourself how great you are every day. Oh, you know, how's that working out for you? Well, I've posted it every day now for, on social media for the last six months. I must be great. And at some point in time, you kind of realize, mm, maybe that's not the answer. 
C.S. Lewis not only said this, he, he actually lived it. He was, um, back in the 50s, he was interviewed on, on a late night TV show. Uh, I think it must have been Jack Parr. If any of you are old enough to remember Jack Parr, uh, and those of you who aren't, there was a person named Jack Parr once upon a time. And, uh, and he was asked, he asked Lewis, he said, How, what do you think about being uh, called the apostle to the agnostics? Uh, I mean, that's, that's a pretty great title. What do you think about that? And Lewis's response was, I try not to think about it at all. Because that's the right approach to it. The first thing that humility does for us is it keeps us out of battles that we shouldn't even be fighting in the first place. Out of, out of bogus battles that come up in our lives. Uh, there, there are, uh, you know, you win a battle if you, don't, if you don't fight it, that you don't have to fight. Yeah? There's no, no reason to fight. Uh, many today struggle with um, low self-esteem, okay? And, and, they, and we're so confused that we think that is humility. But the truth of the matter is it is the opposite of humility. Low self-esteem isn't linked to humility. Low self-esteem is linked to pride. They are two sides of the same coin. They actually are. It, it's a tactic used by the enemy against us. And humility stops it dead in its tracks. Uh, low self-esteem becomes motivation for bad actions in our lives. Causes problems, creates battles in our lives. One of the things, if that's an issue that a person has, they tend to be easily exploited. And, and you know, and I, I don't, I don't want to embarrass anybody or anything, but I'm going to kind of focus over here a little bit on that because it's in particular an issue with, with young girls. Just flat out is. It's also an issue with some older girls, for that matter. But, but in particular, an, an issue for young, young girls. And they feel like, okay, well, I'm not, uh, I, 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 I'm not really worthy, and I'm, uh, and so I, I don't know. One of two things, you know, I need to punish. Sometimes it even goes so far as to, I need to punish myself because I'm not, I'm not what I should be. I'm not, I'm not worthy of, of even of taking up space, here, in this world. They expect to be slighted, expect to be exploited because they're not valuable enough. And that's what low self-esteem will do. Now, it does it. Uh, not, everybody, uh, not everybody, though, who has low self-esteem responds that way. One of the other things it causes us to do is to do bad things to other people, to, to, to put other people down and do things to try and mess them up because, you know, if they're down, then that Somehow supposed to make me feel better, must make, make me feel more important. I was saying that low self-esteem and, and pride are, are, are two sides of the same coin. Whenever people act in, 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 in a rude, uh, brash, proud manner, I mean, sometimes it's just because they're ignorant and they don't know any better. But sometimes it's because they feel so badly about themselves, they got to make you feel how important they are, what their, what their weight is. And that's, that's a battle that we don't have, we shouldn't be fighting. 
I, I read a I read a quote uh, this week that uh, that really struck me. It said, "Pride makes us artificial; humility makes us real." Um, and so, in this desire to to put others down to do bad things, sometimes it causes us to pursue false goals. It causes us to pursue. Uh, uh, things that ultimately lead to despair, popularity, money, fame. You, you don't have to scratch very far below the surface of any famous person's life to find, to, to find the, same, the same thing, which is basically once they got the fame, the, the next question was, is that what this is? Is this, is this what it's all about? Wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Pop popularity is the same way. Oh, and the price that we sometimes pay for it because humility is not present in our life. Uh, do things to, 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 to damage others. Uh, a third thing is it blinds people to the gospel. Uh, you know, the gospel is such a, I hate to say no brainer, but come on. You know, the, God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you so that if you'll just put your faith in him, you will have eternal life, live forever with a quality of life that God's got. You want to do that. But because we have this image of ourselves as, oh, I'm not, oh that can't be true. You know, I'm not, I'm not worthy. You know, that, that just, I, surely I've got to do something. And I know there's a catch because there's a catch to everything in the world. There is not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, it's exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. In the world, there's a gotcha. So, you know, I, but I can't, no. That, and, and, or sometimes it may even be, you know, pride mixed with that where it's kind of going, you just don't know what I've done. I, I am so bad that I'm, I'm better. I'm so bad that I'm better than the cross and the resurrection. And not only that, it keeps us from it keeps us blinded to God's grace, to, to His ability to fight our battles. Uh, yeah, I've got to do this myself. I made this mess. I've got to clean it up. Well, what if you can't clean it up? Which is very likely. Have you ever, uh, I may have said this last week, but I'm going to say it again this week. Have you ever uh, fixed something and it was in worse shape after you fixed it than it was before you fixed it? <laughs> have you ever cleaned up a mess that was a bigger mess after you started cleaning it up? God doesn't work that way. If you let him fix things, if you, if you let him clean up the mess, so humility enables us to avoid these bogus battles. Well, how do I battle low self-esteem? How do I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but how do I get over it? Think about yourself less. Think about yourself less. That's the beginning of humility. The, the humble truth is you have value. And it's not tied to what you look like. It's not tied to what you own. It's not tied to what you can do. It's not tied to what you will do for somebody. 
It's tied to who God is and what He has done for you. Uh, understand, everyone, that you have an immortal soul. Over, in, over in, in, in Genesis chapter 1, we read Genesis chapter 1, and people get all tied up in, well, you know, how long were those? Is that, was that a 24-hour a day? You know, we're talking about... Uh, that's not the important thing. Let me tell you what. There's two things in Genesis chapter 1 that are real important. First one is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We have a creator. The second one is that God created us in his own image, and he breathed into us, and we became a living soul. When, when you're a child, you understand, there's some things you just don't understand because you just, you're a child, you know. And your problems, you know, seem to be these big insurmountable things. Uh, and, and adults kind of look at them and sort of go, you know, and you're just kind of go, don't you understand how important this is? My brother will not share his candy with me. Don't, don't, don't you understand how devastating it is in my life that you will not let me hold the new vase that you got? When I was, uh, I don't know, I was, I was probably five, four, five, something like that. We had a, we had a, a cupboard in our, in our kitchen that uh, it was a standalone thing, and, um, and it had all of, all of our dishes in it, and it looked like it would be a lot of fun to climb. <laughs> and this was before that they knew that you were supposed to attach one of these things to the wall. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't my fault. <laughs> you know, I climbed, I, I, went, I was climbing that thing, and, and it wasn't attached to the wall, but before I got up to the top, it was laying on the floor on top of me, and all of our dishes were laying on top of me and everything, and, and, and I, you know, I saw my life flash before me and everything as I went down. I still remember. But, you know, you get older, and you look back on things, and you realize, hmm, you know, that, that really wasn't as big a deal as I thought it was. And, and let me tell you, the day will come. The day will come, and, it, and, and it'll likely come very soon when those who made the most money those who got cast in the role, those who, uh, those who got voted most popular, those who got to, to sit at the cool kids' table, will just seem so trivial, so totally insignificant, because, because it is. How many of you have been to a, a class reunion? Uh, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50? Three of us, okay. <laughs> you know, but even at, you know, even at a 10 or especially by a 20, some of the most amazing things happen. You see, you see some people who in high school you thought, whoa, they're the, you know, they are the top of the mountain. And by 10 years later, they come and you go, what happened? What happened to them? And vice versa. You know, there are people that nobody paid any attention to in high school. You know, and they, you know, they pull up in their Mercedes and, you know, and they've, got, they've lost 50 pounds and they, 
you know, done this and done that and have their degrees. And you can, what happened? You have more worth. You have more worth than all of the oil in Saudi Arabia. You have more worth than all of the real estate in Manhattan. You know, you, all those things, the day will come when they no longer exist. That day will never come for you because you are an immortal being. You have the image of the Almighty God imprinted inside of you, just waiting to be released. You're of great value, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can try to sully it. You can try to change it. You can try to deny it. You're wrong. You have great value. You simply do. So you don't have to be punished for existing. You don't have to, 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 to prove your worth. You don't need to put others down. You don't, you don't need to acquire meaningless bangles to show, hey, I'm important. And you're certainly, you're certainly worth being saved, and you're certainly worth God fighting your battles for you if you'll, if you'll let him. Yeah, and you say, well, that sounds good in theory, but what about in practice? I mean, you know, does that, does that really? There are two people in the Scripture who are specifically referred to as being humble. Only two. Uh, and the first one is Moses. You've heard of Moses, right? Is it time for lunch? I mean, uh, you, you've heard of Moses. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and we know that he was humble because Numbers 12.3 says this. Now, Moses was a very humble man. More humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Whew. Yeah. I really like the King James, which says Moses was a very meek man. <laughs> my, in fact, my four times great-grandfather, who was the first one to come over uh, to the colony of North Carolina uh, in, the, in the middle of the 18th century, was named Moses Meek. How appropriate. Yeah. Moses was also a murderer. He also failed at his attempt to deliver Israel. You know, sometimes the, the, the reason why God doesn't tell us what he wants us to do is because we'll try to do it. Yeah. So, so he was a murderer. He was, he was, he was a failure. And, and he and he begged God. I mean, when God called him, he begged himself, please send somebody else. Because he had not yet fully realized that God's great power is made perfect in weakness. And God had finally created the most humble man on the face of the earth. So you're the one that I can use to deliver my people. You're the one that I can use to, to bring the law. You're the one that I can use to be at the top of the heap because you're the most humble. Moses also wrote these words about himself. <laughs> and a humble person, you, you know, can. He can. Uh, and I, I hadn't thought about it really all that much, but uh, the context of this, I mean, I've known this verse for a long time, but the context 
this verse comes up in the context of his brother Aaron and his sister Miriam attacking him. And the reason, the reason for this verse is because they were attacking him going, you think you're special. You, you think you're more important than anybody. You think God's only spoken through you. Yeah. Uh, but of course, that really wasn't their, their problem with him anyway. I mean, the, the scripture says uh, that they came against him. Their problem was racially motivated. He had a Cushite wife and they didn't like it and they came against him, but they hid it behind this accusation, behind this question. And, you know, they were just wrong on so many levels in that particular instance. So one of them was Moses. You know who the other one was? Oh, come on. It's the right answer every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other one, the other one was Jesus. And we know that Jesus was humble because Matthew 11.29 says, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Yeah, Jesus said this about himself. It's okay, because it's true. Humility gives one a clear understanding of who they are. See, it, it, it clears away all of the junk that gets in the way of us trying to figure out who we are. Our true selves are hidden in Him. And humility clears that away. Jesus never stepped out of His Father's will to fight on His own. All of the battles that Jesus fought while He was here, He never fought on His own. He never fought Himself. The Father fought them all for him. And, and I hadn't really thought about it before. I mean, you know, you'd think by this time when you're my age, you'd have thought of everything. But I hadn't really thought about it before. But he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Well, what, what is the yoke and what is it we're supposed to learn? Gentleness and humility. That's what he's talking about. Learn humility. Jesus, Jesus had nothing to prove, you see. And Jesus said, we should learn this. And we aren't born knowing. You know, it's, I, I think we have this idea that some people are born humble. Well, no. Some people are born in humble circumstances. Some people are born in not humble circumstances. But no, no one is born humble. And, and no one is born uh, not humble, it, but it is something that we have to learn. It's, it's something that, that as we process our life, we're, we're able to begin to grow in. And you know what? You don't have to wait until you're middle-aged to, to start learning it. You, you, don't have, you don't have to wait. You know, if you're, if you're sharp, you can get it. You can pick it up fairly quickly. So Jesus said, learn this. And Paul, Paul says the same things. And we'll, let's, let's quickly go through this. You're familiar with this passage of Scripture. Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Humility protects us from selfish ambition. Humility protects us from vain conceit. How many of you know what vain means, what vanity means? One, one word definition. 
empty, nothing. It, it, it amounts to nothing. Humility protects us from that. Uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, consider others above yourself. Not, not looking for your own interest, <coughs> but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same attitude that Christ had. Take His yoke upon you and learn from Him. If we, if, if we know how great is our own worth... And we truly do, in, in the humble definition, it doesn't make me want to go, I'm great. No, it makes me go, you know what? I'm great, and you're even greater. Uh, you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't have humility, if you don't have a high opinion of yourself, if you think you're dirt beneath the, the, the ground, then the fact that you think somebody else is better isn't all that big a deal. You know, if I'm an F and I think you're better than me, that makes you an F plus. But if I'm an A and I think you're better than me, woo, you're, you're hot stuff. You're, you're, you're an A plus. If I, if I, so, so you, should, you should value things the way that, that Christ does. And then he, he goes on to say this. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He used it to our advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He was able to... Uh, to, to be humble, placing the needs of others above, above his own needs. Uh, he knew who he was. He didn't, he didn't, need, to, uh, he didn't need the world's false verification. He didn't need any of the world's accolades to go, well, I must be special because the world thinks I'm special. I must be special because they voted me most popular in the class. I'm a, I must be special because I got the promotion and you didn't. No. His death on the cross was the greatest victory that had ever been won. The greatest victory in the most significant battle of all time. God the Father fought the battle. Because he, he directed Jesus how to fight. It was counterintuitive. You know, you don't, but let me tell you something. If, if God the Father had gone, don't go to the cross, do this instead, he would have done this instead. He went because that's what God the Father said to do. And whenever we let God fight our battles, the places that we go and the things that we do might seem counterintuitive, but the results, <laughs> the results are pretty spectacular. Therefore, God exalted Jesus to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The victory, the victory was secured by obedience to God's strength, and that's based on humility. That's based on humility. I don't have to. I don't have to make the decisions. I don't have to get involved in this. But I am worthy of him fighting for me, and he will. Because he says I'm worthy. 
Humility doesn't keep us out of every battle. It keeps us out of some silly battles, but it doesn't keep us out of every battle. It brings us glorious victory in the battles that we should fight. And without it, it's hard to get there. And so we read it. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. When I go into battle, I need grace. Learn humility and victory beyond your wildest imagination. Is yours. Jesus uh, told this story. He said, when you go to a feast, you know, take the lowest seat. Not because you're not worthy. I mean, you've been invited to the feast. Come on. But take the lowest. Consider others better than yourself. And then when the master of the banquet comes in, he'll look at you and go, oh, no, 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 no. No, you, there's a better seat for you. You come on and you'll be honored in front of everybody else. If you don't learn humility, you'll take a wrong seat. And the master of the banquet will come in and go, oh, I'm sorry, that's not yours. That belongs to somebody else. And then you'll be humiliated, which isn't. Humility leads to honor. And so humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand. that he may lift you up in due time. And he will. Say, well, I've been waiting for quite a while. It might not be in this life. Jesus' reward wasn't in this life. Do you know what? I'd rather have it there then, because that's going to be quite a bit longer than what we got going on here, and quite a bit better than what we got going on here. One last uh, quote I want to give you here um, from C.S. Lewis. He says, A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see anything above you. Humility releases us to be able to look up, find where our strength really does come from, find where the victory really is. Those who are going to serve at the table, come forward. It's a table of remembrance, but it's also a table of grace. And God's grace is here for you. I know in a room with this many people in it, that there are people here who struggle with, with worth, with self-worth, with self-image, with, with value, with low self-esteem, whatever. You're looking in the wrong place. Stop looking in. Look out. Look up. You are of great worth. And so when you come to the table today, come expecting grace. You don't just get to come because you showed up here today. You get to come because Jesus died on the cross for you and made a way for you.